Why does it always feel like there is never enough time in the day to get all the things we need to do done? Am I right? Do you ever feel like you're always trying to play catch up in your own life? Always making to-do lists that never get finished? Always tired but with too much to do to afford to stop and rest and take a break? Have you ever told yourself that? Have you ever had that conversation in your head that goes a little something like, oh, I'm really tired, but I've only got five more things to do today. I'll rest and take it easy when I've finished those five things or however many things it is on your to-do list. And most of the time when I've had that little discussion with myself, I never get to the part of the day where I take it easy or I rest because I never get all those things finished or I add more things to the list. I get some things done and then other things get added and then things get moved to tomorrow's to-do list and this chase for the time to rest just keeps getting pushed forward into the week and I never get to it. If this sounds like your relationship with time, rest, and self-care then today's episode of the podcast might just be exactly what you need right now. My name's Laura, a teacher turned creator, but you can think of me like your new internet big sister. And each episode of Fill Up Your Cup, like a deep and meaningful conversation in the form of a voice note from a friend who never wants you to feel alone in what you're going through. Whether your confidence cup is dried up or your self-love cup is looking a little closer to empty than full, I'm going to teach you how to add more feel goodness back into your different cups and as a result, your life. So pop in your headphones, cozy up with a warm cup of tea or whatever takes your fancy and let me troubleshoot your problems with you because together, and with the right mindset, we can face anything. Let's talk about time, the great equalizer. We all have the same number of hours in the day, right? It's what we do with them that makes the difference or that counts or so they tell us. And so many times I have heard the statement, I don't have time for self-care or how do I make more time for self-care or why do I feel like I am wasting my time doing self-care or it just feels like another thing on my to-do list. So that's what we're going to tackle today. We're going to tackle our relationship with time because if we don't tackle our relationship with time, we're never going to be able to get over that mindset of, I don't have enough time for self-care, which loosely translates to, I don't have enough time to look after my own well-being ahead of all of these other responsibilities that I have. And the root of the issue here is that relationship with time because we live in this hustle culture and while that is starting to change and there is some shift in kind of breaking down this hustle culture a little bit it's still a very deep rooted concept that we should be using our time wisely and what defines using our time wisely well if we're looking at hustle culture using your time wisely is using your time to take action to work harder to hustle as hard as you can for as long as you can and what i think is often an unspoken part of that is the fact that you have to earn the right to rest 
We have to earn our breaks. We have to earn our personal time because when we're taking that time, we're not taking action. And if we're not taking action, we're failing. And even just saying that makes me feel more anxious. Now, you might be listening to this and thinking, well, I don't buy into hustle culture. I'm not here to build an empire. I'm not here to build a business. I just want to be able to go to work and do my job and not feel like I'm always exhausted. But hustle culture isn't reserved for the entrepreneurs of the world or the small business owners. Hustle culture exists in many jobs, in many careers, in many workplaces, and even in the education system as students. It's this culture that makes us feel or believe that we earn merits by doing more, by coming in early, by going home late, and the one that so many of us are guilty of by working through our lunch breaks. Hands up if you've done that before. I know I'm guilty of it. And I spoke a little bit about this in last week's episode as it relates to burnout and my experience with seeing, witnessing, and experiencing burnout within the teaching and educational community. I used to do it all of the time. I used to eat my lunch over my laptop while planning and answering emails. I used to check my inbox when I got on the train. I used to bring home work with me at the weekend. In my early career as a teacher, this was actually expected. The very first school that I worked in very much valued the so-called hard worker. And more than once, actually very often, it was pointed out to me that I didn't come in early and that I left as soon as class finished that evening. That was my introduction to the working world. Being made feel like I wasn't doing enough because I wasn't working beyond the hours I was required to. I remember vividly one progress review meeting being told that I was very good at managing my time efficiently, but that some might see that as me trying to do the bare minimum. Let that sit with you for a second. I remember feeling so confused by that statement because to me being able to manage my time efficiently was a compliment but then there was this backhand statement of I'm managing my time so efficiently that actually I'm just doing the bare minimum to get by which wasn't true at all I just wanted balance in my life and I believe it wasn't too long after that particular feedback that I decided to hand in my notice at that workplace because I realized that there was just a very toxic work culture there and that there were people who bought into it and and until it was really challenged by the collective nothing was going to change and so I think sometimes you have to choose your battles and I chose that not to be my battle and I politely stepped away. However, despite knowing deep down that what I was being told and what was being said to me was wrong and an unhealthy work environment and an unhealthy way to mentor new people into working, I felt so much guilt and shame every time this was pointed out to me, every time that I was compared to someone else who was arriving an hour early or staying until 6 p.m. in the evening. And I battled with that need to want to prove myself and get that validation and this need to have downtime and sleep and actually enjoy my life. In my mind, I was doing that the best that I could. I was showing up and when I was at work, I did my job to the best of my ability. It was in the early years of my teaching career. I definitely still had things to learn. I'm not going to say I was the best teacher ever. However, I do not believe that 
not coming in an hour early every day and not staying two hours later every evening made me worse, let's say, at my job than other people who were doing that. Because by claiming back my downtime, when I was there, I was able to show up with more energy. I was still pretty burnt out because it was a pretty toxic work, work environment. However, I was able to show up to the best of my capability because I was taking that downtime for myself. And I know that my work story isn't an isolated case. I know that there are many of us that live in this cycle of wake up, work, eat, fall into bed exhausted, repeat. I know that a lot of people struggle with feelings of guilt when it comes to taking time to rest, a sense that even on their days off, they need to be using their time productively, that downtime or me time or self-care has to be earned in some way. But here's the thing. No one else is going to give you the permission you are waiting for to take the rest you know you need. I'm going to say that again. No one else is going to give you the permission you are waiting for to take the rest you know you need. And here's the other thing. The consequence of not making that time to take that rest that you know you need is burnout. We talked about it last week. We learned about what happens in our bodies physically after long periods of high stress. If you didn't listen to that episode, I highly recommend that you go back and give it a listen. I dive into burnout, what it is, as well as what's known as the letdown effect and how it affects our immune system when we go from these high periods of stress to suddenly stopping. So let's come back to that key point, time. We all wish we had more of it, but we're all stuck with the same 24 hours in each day. If you feel like right now you can't catch up on all you need to do and those hours in the day just aren't enough, if it's building and building and it's wearing you down, I see you. I feel you. I am here for you today. When I talk about self-care online, one of the top questions that comes up is how do I make time for self-care or how do I stop feeling like self-care is just another thing on my never-ending to-do list that needs to get done and the answer boils down to time how we manage our time how we prioritize our time how much we value our own time before we can learn how to make more time for self-care we first have to look at how we manage our time in general because we can't actually make more hours in the day. But we can try and figure out where we're using our time and what we're spending it on. So today, we're going to make a time budget. This episode of Fill Up Your Cup is intended to inspire and empower you on your self-care and emotional well-being journey. I am not a doctor, psychologist or health professional and the advice tools and resources shared in this episode should not be used in substitute for professional mental health support if you or someone you know is struggling with managing mental health please speak to your doctor and explore some of the support sources and resources linked in the show notes now back to today's episode If someone is struggling with their finances, one of the first steps that's usually recommended is to look at what that person is spending, 
where they're spending it and then from that create a plan or a budget on how to shift those spending habits and improve the situation. So we're going to try and apply the same principles to our time management because just like money management, there are things in our lives and responsibilities that we have that require us to spend a certain amount of our time on them. But then there are also areas that when we look closely at how much of our time we are using on those things, we might realize we're spending too much on them. When we talk about time management, usually what jumps to people's mind is an organizer, a planner, or a scheduler, and just blocking your time in chunks on a diary. Something that I do as someone when I'm under pressure is that I try and put too much onto those time planners or those daily planners and I'm not realistic about the amount of time it takes me to get things done. So when you're struggling with your time management or you're feeling like you don't have enough time to do all of the things you need to do in the day, your first instinct might be just to add more things to your to-do list and give them shorter blocks of time and convince yourself that you're going to be able to get them done in the time that you've decided it will be. But realistically, that's not going to happen because when you're in that mindset, you're not being realistic about your time. Your concept of time is a little bit skewed. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of reverse that and we're going to look at our usage of time like spending. We're going to apply the kind of same principles we would to money to our time because we can't know how to make a plan to better manage our time or free up more of our time for ourselves without first looking and analyzing where we're already spending and using our time. It's not enough to say I want to have more time for self-care or just deciding you will make more time for it without taking that time from somewhere else or something else because what will ultimately happen is, as I gave the example at the beginning of the episode, we'll end, get to the end of the day and realize we've run out of time and we tell ourselves, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. So what we need to do is first look at where we're actually spending our time, just like if we were giving our finances an overhaul, except in this case, we can't log into our banking app and look at our monthly spending because there are no receipts for time spent. So we have to manually do it. We have to make those receipts ourselves. This can be a little bit of a tedious exercise, but stick with me because trust me, it's going to be worth it. The key is really just to become more self-aware of your 24 hours in a day and where they are going each day. You could create a time tracker or you could just keep notes in your phone or in your journal or if you're someone who, like me who loves a, a document or a template, I've actually created a Google Sheet for this, which is free. Um, and I've put the link to that in the description of this episode where you can follow this exercise and fill out how you're spending your time each day and kind of start to visualize that. So I've put the link to that in the show notes if you want to go and grab a free copy of that. And what we're going to do is we're going to track our time spending by breaking our day into 48 half hour blocks. You could do just the 24 hour blocks if you want to do this a little bit more loosely, a little bit more kind of roughly, but realistically there's very few things that we do for one hour straight 
Usually we're breaking that hour into smaller chunks. So sticking with half hours and kind of rounding out what you're doing to a half hour block is going to give you a better idea of your day in general and also those little places where you might be able to kind of claim back some more of your time. Now, the great thing about a Google Sheet is that you can have it on your phone so you can really try and fill this in as you complete each task in your day or each block of your day. And the aim of this exercise is to go through your days as you normally would and start to become aware of how you're using your time to really wake up your concept of your time and just record it. Just observe and record what you do in a day, half hour by half hour. Don't adjust it, don't behave differently because you wanna make your tracker look better, whatever it is. Be honest, because part of this exercise is that self-awareness of where time is being used. Try and be descriptive and detailed too. So if you have a commute that's on average half hour every day, how are you spending that time during your commute? Are you reading? Are you answering emails? Are you scrolling on TikTok? The same with work breaks. You know what time your break is every day, but don't just fill that into your time tracker as a break. Actually make notes about what you are doing during that time. Did you actually take a break? Or were you answering emails? Try as best as you can to take notes throughout the day so that you can be as honest and as truthful and realistic as possible. You want to paint a really clear picture for yourself of your time to help you visualize it in a little bit more of a concrete way. And to help this with the time tracker that I've created, as you fill it out, the Google Sheet will generate a pie chart for you and help you visualize and break down where you're actually spending your time over a five-day period. I recommend doing this exercise of tracking your time half hour by half hour for about three to five days. Whether you're using my Google Sheets or you're just taking your own notes in your journal and recording at the end of your day what you did because it's going to give you a good picture of how you're spending your time. What we want to create here is kind of averages. You don't have to literally be super precise about every single minute you're spending every day for seven days with three to five days we could get a good picture of your time spending because for many of us work days are pretty repetitive and they have pretty strong routines so also try and include at least one day off as a day when you track so you can see how you're using the time on those days and also balance out your chart a little bit. Once you've completed this exercise, the next step is to look back over your data and see what it's telling you. Where are you spending most of your time? Are there things that you thought you spent more time on than you actually do? When you look at your pie chart, are there any segments that surprise you because they're smaller than they, you thought they would be or they're bigger than you thought they would be or they're more visible on the pie chart? And then grab your journal and make some notes about this. Reflect on how you feel about seeing your time broken down like this. Our time is something that we, we often don't have a concept of because some days the time flies and some days it drags and some days feel longer than others. But realistically, you have the same 24 hours in every single day. So seeing it broken down like this and seeing it divided up and seeing where you're actually giving 
the majority of your time to on average in a week, it, it can be quite surprising and you might notice things that you weren't expecting to see. Next, we're going to plan or create our time budget. So let's say you look at your pie chart or your notes in your phone and you see that on average you're spending 5% of your time in the week on social media and another 10% watching TV or watching Netflix. That's 15% of your time on average in your week that you're looking at a screen. And then maybe you see that you're only spending 2% of your time taking your dog out for a walk or 2% reading a book or journaling. Is that really the balance that you want in your life? Is that really the best way that you could be spending your time? If you're telling me that you don't have time for self-care or you're telling yourself that you don't have time for self-care, but then you see that on average you're spending 10% of your week watching Netflix, well, that's 10% of your week that you could be spending doing those self-care activities that you think you don't have time for or even take half of it. That's 5% that you could redirect to self-care time. Something that I hear a lot of people say is, oh, I wish I had more time to read books. I wish I was someone who had time to read. But again, if you're spending 10% of your time a week watching Netflix, which by the way is nearly 17 hours in a week, then you can decide to rebudget some of that time for reading books. When creating your time budget, there are two things that you need to ask yourself. What do I want more time for? And what am I spending too much time on? Because it's in between those two questions that we can start to find balance and start to redirect some of our time and claim back some of our time and give it to the activities that we keep telling ourselves that we don't actually have time for. Obviously there are things in your week that you can't cut time off of like your contracted work hours for example but if you notice that when you're tracking your time over the week that during your hours of work you're spending your break time on TikTok and then never feel like you have enough time to eat, ask yourself if maybe this block of time needs to be screen-free time. Especially if you work in an office or you sit at a desk all day, is spending your break time on social media really the best use of that time when it comes to your well-being? Could you take your snack or your lunch and eat it while walking around the block, for example? A half hour might not feel like a lot of time, it can slip by very quickly, but your time is valuable. So think about how many of those half hours you could claim back for yourself to do some of those things you want to have more time for. And if all of this sounds a little bit confusing, I really recommend that you download the free Google Sheet that I created because it will help you visualize what I'm talking about and it will be a really helpful tool for you to check in with what you're actually giving your time to right now. It's just a really interesting exercise to do in general, to bring awareness to all the things that are eating big chunks of your time. You might be really surprised by what that pie chart looks like when you're done. I know that I was. This episode of Fill Up Your Cup is not sponsored, so I'd like to take a moment to tell you about some of the downloads and resources that I've created for you that are free to access and will hopefully help you start filling into your cups. One of the hurdles that a lot of people often face when it comes to adding more self-care to their weekly and daily routines is simply not knowing where to start. 
That's why I've created a free email course that will help guide you through seven days of mindful self-care. It's really easy to sign up for. All you have to do is go to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash seven days and enter your details to instantly be registered for the challenge. You'll then get a single email every day for the next seven days with self-care prompts and resources to guide you and inspire you on your self-care journey. Trust me, once you've completed the challenge, you'll feel so much more confident in your understanding of what self-care can look and feel like for you and just how uncomplicated it needs to be. That's laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash seven days. That's the number seven, D-A-Y-S with no spaces, or simply click the link in the show notes to get started today. So let's say you fill out your time tracker and you look at your lovely pie chart and you can see that there are certain parts of your day or your week where you could be spending your time better. Even just sticking with that Netflix example. And I'm using this example because I filled out the Google Sheet roughly to create an example sheet so you know how to use it. And I gave rough outlines of how I have been spending my days recently. And one thing that really surprised me when I filled it out, and it was roughly, it wasn't actually properly tracking my time, but When I did that, it showed me on my pie chart that on average, I was spending 10% of my time in a five-day week watching TV. So on a a seven-day weekly average, that's about 16.8 hours that I am spending watching Netflix. And that was shocking to me. So if you're like me, spending about 10% of your week watching Netflix, you could think, okay, I'm going to start by halving that and using 5% of that time for self-care activities. That would be about eight hours that you could use for self-care. That's more than one hour a day for a self-care activity. So let's start there. New habits, new routines, they take repetition before they become automatic. So trying to change too many of your time habits all together is just going to be too overwhelming. It's going to be too much for you to keep track of and ultimately you're going to be setting yourself up for a little bit of a failure there. So start by looking at your big outliers, which are the biggest segments of your pie chart. And then from those biggest segments of your pie chart, which of those segments are downtime or free time or personal time that you could actually redirect to something else. And just start by having that time and redirecting it to a self-care activity. That might be as simple as for the first week, taking that excess TV time, for example, and going to bed an hour earlier. It sounds too good to be true, but just like that, you could be getting seven extra hours of sleep in a week. And that's a great place to start because sleep is self-care. Then in a week or two, you could revisit your pie chart and look at another piece of it. So let's say you're spending about 5% of your week on social media. Remembering that that's nearly eight and a half hours a week that you're spending on social media. That time could definitely be claimed back for your self-care. And I'm being generous there. A lot of people spend a lot more than just one hour on social media day. So it could be that when your pie chart comes back, 
that percentage of social media time is going to be a lot higher. Having that could give you an extra half hour a day to do something for yourself. Ask yourself, if you had an extra half an hour in a day, what would you do with it? Would you make yourself a cup of tea and read that book that's been sitting on your bedside table for the past few months? Would you go for a walk? Would you run yourself a bath? Would you call up that friend you've been meaning to chat to? What would you do with that time if you could claim it back? Because you can claim it back. Checking in with your screen time in general is a great way to find those lost hours in your day that you wish you had to direct to self-care. If you haven't already, set up a screen time app on your phone and see how much time you are spending on your phone each week and which apps you're spending the most time on. Even simply swapping your morning commute TikTok scroll for 15 minutes of reading a book instead. If you commute five mornings a week, that's an hour and 15 minutes of reading time in a week, which is nearly six hours in a month. That's a lot of reading time. Wouldn't it feel nice to know that you've claimed that time back for yourself? Wouldn't it feel like a lovely small victory to put down your phone and to take out a book instead? To be able to say that you read for 15 minutes every morning and you take that time for you. Or maybe you use that time to listen to a podcast or to listen to an audiobook or to write in your journal if you can do that on the bus or the train. It's not impossible. Or even just use it to be present and mindful, to look up and to look around and to feel like you're giving that time to yourself. If you're in a place right now where you feel overwhelmed by your time management and you know that something needs to change, the first thing that you need to do is you need to take a chunk of time to reflect on your time. I recommend three to five days, but you could do a full seven days as well and really get a good picture of how you're spending your time. As I said, it's a little bit tedious, but it will be worth it when you get that picture of realistically how you're spending your time. Track in half hour blocks what you are doing with your day. How long are you sleeping for? What time do you wake up at? How long are you commuting for? What are you actually doing with your time when you're commuting? What are you doing with your time during your workday? How much of that workday time is spent on emails? How much of it is actually spent scrolling on your phone because you have five minutes where you don't have anything else to do? Really track half hour by half hour what you are doing with your time on average for a week and also include days off so you can also get a, a picture of what you're doing with downtime and balance out that chart a little bit. Once you have done that, go back and look at all of the data that you collected. So whether that's notes in your journal or that's actually using the Google Sheet, have a look at how many hours you are spending on average in your week or in that five day period on particular tasks. And what are your big outliers? So obviously work is going to be a big outlier because it's a big chunk of many of our daily lives. But if you've been really honest in terms of tracking your daily time hour by hour, you might be able to see what chunk of your workday is actually spent answering emails. That one might surprise you. Or you might see what time of your day in general is being spent on social media. Or you might see that in the evenings when you come from home from work that you're actually spending a much bigger amount of time than you realized 
watching TV or whatever it is that you currently do in your downtime. Have a look at your averages. Have a look at your pie chart. What are your big outliers? Also, what are the things that are just barely visible on that chart? Is there anything that you wanted to track this week that didn't show up at all or it was such a small amount of your time that it's not visible on your pie chart? Then you have to look at this picture of your time as it is now and think to yourself, how can I improve this? I can't make extra hours in my day, but I can look at the hours that I have and how I'm spending them and maybe check in with my values and my priorities and rearrange these a little bit. Start simply by having, having those big time wasters that stick out on your pie chart, even claiming back 10 and 15 minute blocks of your day that you could give to something else is going to feel so rewarding because you are giving that time back to yourself and you're going to feel like you're creating extra hours in the day even though you're not. When you think about those two key questions of what do I want to spend more time on and where can I take it from? What am I spending too much time on? You're going to create a time budget for yourself. So again, on the Google Sheet that I created, I have a, a separate tab with the sheet where you can actually fill it out as you would like to spend your time. So the first week, you're going to track how you spend your time. And then for the following week, you're going to fill out your sheet in advance, thinking about how you would like to spend your time. So creating a rough outline of your days, a working day, an average working day, and also an average day off. Create your ideal work day and your ideal downtime day, and then see what that pie chart looks like and give it a try. You're going to have to be really self-aware doing this. You're going to have to be really mindful because you are breaking habits. So that's not going to be automatic. Remember, new habits and new routines take lots of repetition before they become automatic. The time-wasting habits that you have up to this point, those are going to be automatic. So you're going to have to be really mindful and conscious about breaking those time habits. Reflect on how you're using your time. Analyze what it looks like and how you're prioritizing your time and decide to redirect it. And then hold yourself accountable to that. Try really hard to claim back those extra chunks of time so that you actually do have time for self-care. Remembering that self-care is any activity that you do to look after yourself. So going to bed an hour earlier, reading the book that you've been wanting to read, writing in your journal, making yourself a nice cup of tea, running a long hot bath, whatever is an activity that helps you feel good, a way that you give your time back to yourself. I know I've thrown a lot of numbers and percentages at you in today's episode, and right now they may not mean much to you. You might not even believe that you have any small pockets of wasted time in your week because it's always go, go, go and hustle along. But if you're frustrated that you never have enough time for self-care, don't start by thinking about how you could squeeze in a half hour here and there because you can't make extra time for yourself. Start by being honest with yourself. Start by being real, by taking a long, hard look at where you actually are prioritizing your time right now and asking yourself, 
Is that really in line with what you want to be spending your time on? What do you want more of in your life? Know that, be clear on that, and then work to give that thing more of your time. If you made it to the end of this episode, I want you to take a moment right now and remember that you are worthy of feel-good feelings. If you want to submit a question for a future episode or add to the suggestion box, you can do so by heading to laurajaneillustrations.com forward slash podcast or simply by clicking the link in the show notes. You can also leave me your questions, episode suggestions, or just let me know what you think of this episode by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you liked this episode, don't forget to rate or review it on whichever app is your favorite place to listen to podcasts. You can't pour from an empty cup. So give yourself a big hug from me right now and promise me that you will do one thing today that brings you joy. 